This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Jan Shanaeus and Craig Coben. This is our post-match show of Fulham's nil-nil draw at Craven Cottage on Saturday. Craig was there. He'll give us his first-hand insight on what he watched. Giannis and I watched it on television, so we'll share our views. Before we get going on the show, as I always mention, please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. It does help other foam supporters and supporters of other sides find us. And as always, Cottage Talk is now part of the TalkSport Fan Network. You'll be hearing more about this from TalkSport after the World Cup. There's going to be a big push on this network. Okay, guys. Giannis, I'll go to you first. How are you doing? Give me your opening thoughts on what you watched yesterday. I'm good, Ross. Good morning, everyone. It was, it was an entertaining game. I mean, we, we, we went for it. Um, we attacked... Well, we had enough chances. Uh, Pickford was Pickford. Um, yeah. Everton was resolute in defence. There were a couple of big calls or non-calls not made. And, we're going to uh, talk overall, about those. Trust mm-hmm. me, we're, we're oh, going to get oh, there. Overall, you know, it was one of those games where it proves we belong in the Premier League. We gave Everton a good run of their, for their money and uh, should have got the three, but we got one and that's okay. Okay, and that was going to be the question of the show. Giannis, was it two points dropped? You're saying yes. Um, yes and no. I, I, yes. <laughs> well, we should have we should have won, but as a measure really of of, of how far we've come, is yes. Everton fans have been they're not happy with their team's performance. With their players not at all. The draw, Lampard sent the set them up really, especially second half of the draw. Yes, he did. And you know, four games unbeaten, you take it. Okay, and Giannis, before I go to Craig, what was interesting, I, I did a real quick team news show, and in it, I was uh, commenting on what I've been listening to from Everton supporters. I listened to a good amount of podcasts, and they were basically letting me know that Lampard was going to look at this two ways. Was he going to set his team up to come at Fulham? Maybe he did at the beginning, or would he sit back and make it more difficult for us and play for the draw as you had just mentioned. It sounds like he did a little bit of both. He did He, he did in the second half. First half, I thought they played very well first 20-25. But then we, we started to take over the midfield. And second half, it was really one-way traffic. And, uh, yep. you know, we'd nullified a lot of their threats, especially out wide. And he's probably gone, oh, this is a long journey down to the southeast. We'll just get the point and run. And, uh, and they got it in the end. Okay, excellent stuff. Okay, Craig, over to you. You were at Craven Cottage. And you had a good view of this match. So give me your opening thoughts and I'll ask you the question. Was it two points dropped? It was a really exciting scoreless draw. We haven't yeah. seen very many scoreless draws at the cottage over the years. And this one had a lot of incident, a lot of chances. And it was actually a fairly open match. Um, I think Fulham were the better team, but maybe not so much so that we deserved the three points. Okay. It could have okay. gone either way. Um, we had a lot more chances. We had a lot more shots. But 
uh, at the end of the day, we weren't quite clinical enough to break through uh, the Everton defense. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because that's actually where I want to start, Craig, when we talk about this match. Because, again, we always look at it from a foam perspective, what foam did or didn't do. I just want to start off by focusing a little bit of what Everton did mm. and what was interesting about this. And I will say, in my opinion, people will say their man of the match was Pickford. I'm actually going to say it was Mikalenko. I thought he was excellent in this match. And I don't know how many times their center backs and Mikalenko were basically blocking potential shots, Craig. I thought their defense, especially in the second half, they were difficult to break down. I know we should have done more, but I want to give some credit to Everton here. Look, I think in the first half, especially at, in the beginning of the match, Everton causes a lot of problems. They were very direct in the transitions, very quick, and they were attacking both of our center backs, and they caused some some difficulties for us. Um I think over time, as Yana says, we started to gain control of the midfield. And uh, there was a really a battle royale between Paulinha and number 27, whatever his name is. Okay. And I think that we yep. came off the better for that. Um, and I think, it is a, I, I think it is a credit to Fulham that they were able to effectively boss the match in the second half. Whereas I thought the first half was fairly even. Okay, and I tend to agree with you. And Giannis, I just wanted to start off, again, this is a film show. We're not going to focus a great deal on what Everton did, but I thought defensively they were solid. Giannis, would you agree with that? Yeah, I thought, well, they were excellent minus one. I mean, Seamus Coleman got absolutely roasted. That's right. I mean, he got, and Gay was trying to cover on the right, and, and Gordon didn't seem to be at the races at all. And, and, and Robinson and William were having a laugh um, on, on their right. Um, but I thought Cody and Tark Tarkovsky were fantastic, and which, is a, which I thought they would be because they're very canny signings. Cody, obviously, from Merseyside. Tarkovsky got relegated with Burnley last year. Yep. But, but they seem to – they've got a good partnership. Although was, some Everton fans <laughs> were critical of the two of them yesterday, yesterday saying that those two seem to have a bit of a loving because all they seem to do is pass to each other and they ignore <laughs> everybody else. But there's no denying that their defensive record and with Pickford behind you is very, very good. And that means that's going to keep them in games. And uh, they're a lot more solid than the team that finished last season. And they're difficult to break, they're difficult to break down. And for right. that reason, they'll always be in games. Okay, excellent. Okay, guys, I'm not going to waste any time. Even before we go to the starting 11, I'm going to talk about Two major talking points, two controversial moments in this match. Craig, I'm going to give you your first uh, shot at this. Let's talk about the Mitro situation here. He got a yellow card. This was actually checked by VAR. I've watched this back several times. I think Fulmo are very fortunate here that he only got a yellow. What are your thoughts? Well, when I saw it, I didn't even think he committed a foul. But having seen okay. that, Having seen the replay, he clearly did. I think it could have gone either way. It doesn't, you know, when you look at the play in full motion, it doesn't look like he is acting uh, with malice intent. Right. Um, was he a bit reckless? You know, it's hard to say. It was a borderline call, and I think that it was correct to go with whatever the on the field the on the field decision was. And it's also correct to go with a decision that favors Fulham because I think there is an element of social justice in a lot of this. Okay, excellent stuff. All right, Giannis, over to you. I want to get your thoughts on this. And uh, I'm glad that Craig mentioned it because probably watching live was probably difficult to see. I don't think there was any malice in the challenge, but I mm -hmm. thought it was reckless as Craig, I thought, did a great job of explaining. What are your thoughts about this? Should Mitro have been sent off? No, I, I don't. Um, and what say? I think it was a poor challenge. It was, it was uh, clumsy. What saved him was the momentum because he took two steps. You could tell okay. it was a, an offset. If it was two steps back and he made a slight run, that's a red. For me, that's a red. It's it, it's reckless. It studs on ankle. It's it's a poor chance. And he knew he knew his his right arm went up. He acknowledged it was a poor foul, but because it was just it was that momentum piece that saved him that. You're really one, one and a half steps, and, and you can no. I that would be 
that would have been a harsh call. There's a there's a, an argument if ever you could have one to have um, an orange card, right, <laughs> between a yeah, yellow and a red. Even said that on on the broadcast. You yeah, know, like, was, would this be considered orange? It was. It, it, I mean, I could. I would. If that had been a Goodison Park, well, would it, a Goodison well Park would have been I was going to say, what if this was at Goodison Park? Would Mitro have been sent off? He, I, I think it would have been very close, but I don't think you can. It, I mean, it's only one, one and a half steps. It's not. It's like a momentary nanosecond challenge, and he's not had time <coughs> to think, and he's done it, and he knows what he's done wrong. You know, it's not like a Chalaba moronicism right. challenge. It, it, it's, it is what it is, and. Um, and that's fine. I, if they, if he'd been sent off, I could understand. But I think with the momentum that he went into the challenge, the yellow was was just about right on. And VAR checked it after all. I was going to say, if anyone has an issue with that, including Frank Lampard, because Frank Lampard had a major issue with this in his presser, he stated this. So I would say, well, VAR checked it out. So they basically confirmed it. So if yeah, you got an issue with it, and listen, we've had these calls go against Fulham in the past. So as uh, Craig was saying, you know, th these calls work themselves out. They they even themselves out over the course of the season. So it's actually a good point from Craig earlier by mentioning that. But let's now talk about another controversial moment in the first half, Craig. Should Fulham have gotten a penalty? Now, I've watched this back several times. I've seen it given. What are your thoughts here? Did you get a good view? Or you probably didn't get a good view of this, correct? I didn't get a good view of it, and uh, when I looked at Match of the Day, they didn't have a highlight of it, so oh, I, I am not in any position. Uh, <laughs> it did look like a foul to me, but then again, I tend to be an extremely biased observer of the matches, so I tend to think the referees don't give us the benefit of the doubt, <laughs> and that they mistreat us, and I have a very strong grievance <laughs> <laughs> against the way in which we are treated by officialdom. Well, expand on that, Craig. I'm, I'm curious. Well, I'm being a bit facetious, but, you know, yeah. the bigger teams tend to get the calls, right? No, this now, is all we, true. I agree with I mean, all that. You know, they favor Man United. It's yep. always it's always appalling to watch. But I, I couldn't see the penalty, okay. and I can't really tell. say. I, I couldn't see it well. It looked like a penalty to me, yep. um, but – you know, it happened so fast, and I'm so far back. I'm in row Q, Q of the Hammersmith Damn. end. Yeah, you're, you're pretty far back. Okay. Giannis, what are your thoughts on this? I've watched this back several times. I was going back and forth with my friend Steve in Spain, and he thought this was basically an equalizer call compared with the uh, Metro situation. Basically, if they weren't going to give the Metro call, then they weren't going to give this. What are your thoughts on this? Bingo. That's it. Um, I think, oh, okay. So you're yeah, going there. Yeah, I believe it was. I thought it was a penalty, but I thought it was, as soon as as soon as he went down, I'm thinking even up call, even up call. He's going to do it. Um, I mean, you, you could say, well, did did William admonish it a little bit? I'm not sure, but I think it's an even up call. You give it. Um, look, um, the toughest job in football, I think, is the job of the fourth official. Oh yeah, because he because he's here, just blown off every game and. And yesterday he got it as well. Uh, I think it would have been, um, it, in, bearing in mind the, the the Metro decision, I think it would have been probably a little harsh to give it. So it, I accepted it immediately. It was an even up call and, and that was it. We move on. Okay, absolutely. I'm just going to share some comments. This is from my friend Chris Goodwin, who's a Liverpool supporter. Chris, I'm sorry about Liverpool yesterday. So I just want to mention that. I do not think it was clear and obvious for a penalty. Tony Martinez is definitely a penalty. So we're obviously we, we have different views on that. Okay, guys, let's move on. Let's talk about the starting 11. Interesting. Now, Giannis, I'll, I'll go to you first. What was interesting here is that I didn't think Tete was going to start. I thought it was going to play out exactly how it played out. I thought he would go with Bobby Decadoverine, and if he needed Tete, he would come off the bench. Mm -hmm. I think this was a smart move. What, what are your thoughts about the starting 11? Well, I had a couple of I had a couple of theories about this before the game. Uh, looking at the centre back, because we know Calvert Lewin is very good. Yes. So I, I was thinking, I wonder if this would be the game if you give Duffy a, a, a Shane Duffy oh. a start, because you know that they're going to try and target Tim Ream on that side with the balls over the top, and he's very good in the air. Yeah. And that first twenty minutes, we ran into a little bit of trouble because of Robbo pulling up, pushing up, 
But having said that, um, Tate being available was good and good timing because uh, Dekadova Reed is out next week because he's suspended yep. now. Um, the, the only question mark was going to be Harry Wilson, but as soon as Harry Wilson came on, we realised why he didn't start. So overall, um, no complaints with the lineup. It looked really solid. I thought it was going to be a good matchup for their lineup as well, which was probably close to the strongest lineup they were uh, they could put out themselves. So it, from the start, I thought this is going to be a close game. It's going to be a tight game. Um, but I thought there were going to be a lot of goals after the first 20 minutes. And of course, no goals, which is very interesting, Giannis. Okay, Craig, your thoughts on the starting eleven? Look, uh, I think the first point of discussion is, of course, the right back, as you guys have mentioned. You went with Bobby Deckard over Reed, um, and presumably because Tete is still being um, eased into the side. Right. Second point of discussion, of course, is that uh, is Cabano in lieu of, of Harry Wilson. That one actually surprised me, I, but again, I don't know, you know, the physical condition of of Harry Wilson. Uh, but otherwise, it was a fairly it was a fairly straightforward. Um, starting 11 and otherwise fairly expected. It was only the the winger and the right back that was in question. Okay, well, let me ask you this, Craig. Going back to the center back pairing, I've made the call on several shows now that I want to see Tosin and Diop play together because I, I want them to have a future together. Nothing against Tim Ream. Tim Ream, it would be harsh on Tim Ream to drop him, but if I'm looking big picture with Tosin's situation. I wanted to see both of them, but I understand why he's continually going with Tim Ream. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's an interesting point, especially because in this game, especially in the beginning, we played with such a high line and, you know, Tosin actually has for a big man, quite, quite good pace. And so you would want, you would wonder why you wouldn't have Tosin in there. But I think, I think that Marco Silva values the on-the-ball skill and technique of Tim Ream. We pass out from the back, and I think Tosin and Diop don't quite have the the technical ability to really carry out that strategy okay. as, a, as, a, as a pairing. And that is what I think uh, Marco Silva is thinking. Okay. So it's almost like a point guard or quarterback, Tim Ream, playing that role in setting everything up, Craig. Yeah, in conjunction with Harrison Reed or whatever. Right, um, that link up uh, play. As, as a deep-lying midfielder. But, you know, we do pass it out from the back. We try to get it over to, in this game especially, we were working the left wing so much. Yep. But otherwise, what you end up having to do is you end up just having to kick it up to, to Mitro and hope that he can hold the ball, which I think he did very well this game, yep. better than in, in previous games. But you you have to have, you can't have a one dimensional approach to getting the ball out from from the back. Okay, one other topic, guys, before we talk about the match and we break this down. And Giannis, I'm going to go to you again. This goes to my conversation with my friend Steve, and I thought this was very evident. And it's funny because I actually heard this on the Blue Room podcast. I listened to their post match show. It's an Everton supporter podcast. Very good and. Uh, they mentioned this, and Steve mentioned this as well. He's like, listen, the passing of foam is going up a level. Giannis, I saw it against Aston Villa. I saw it even more prevalent in this match. Are they just getting to know each other much better because the passing is so much better than it was at the beginning of the season? Is this just experience playing together? Are we now really seeing what they can become with this passing of foam? It's, it's training groundwork. I mean, you can you can see that the combinations and the movement off the ball are really fluid. There's a rarely an errant pass, and and I think Marco and the coaching staff value the importance of possession, and that's why, you know, when I was talking about the possibility of getting Duffy in, right? I did, I I wasn't I wasn't intimating that Ream get dropped. I I, I meant <laughs> I, I meant Diop and Tosin not start because I think Ream is one of the undroppables right now. I mean, every okay. time he's on the ball, his level of comfort, calmness, assuredness is a throwback. Frankly, it's a throwback. And, right. you know, if, if, if Jose Mourinho was our manager um, and said, well, you know what, we'd look to bed Diop and 
Tosin is our future, he'd probably say, well, the most important game we've got is the next one. So he's living for the moment. So he will put out what he think is the best defensive pairing for now. He's not going to think down the line. He'll think what now. And right now, Ream is undroppable. So, um, you know, that, that's the comfort level that he has, that he feels the need to rotate Diop and Tosin in. But Ream is, is um, you know, he's an ever-present, so to speak. And that speaks volumes for the high regard that he holds for Ream. You know, right. in, in, you know, as our captain um, and not just as our leader, but just that, you know, the quiet player that seems to bring calm to everything on the field. And, um, you know, that's a measure of that's a measure of something that I would never have thought possible at the start of the season. Okay, excellent. Craig, your thoughts on the improvement in the passing. And uh, I've noticed it. I, I've really noticed it big time at Craven College. What are your thoughts? Are you noticing it? You know, you could probably see a lot of the passages of play from the Hammy end. So what are your thoughts about this? Look, I think our passing is improved, but it's also a question of creating space and having the right sort of movement and patterns around. Um, you know, you have to make your life a little bit easier when you're passing, whether out from the back or in the midfield. Um, when you don't have the movement, when there's no margin of error, that's when passes, when you're rushed and you don't have time, that's when passes tend to to go astray. So I think it's just part of the overall improvement in, in the team and in the way in which, you know, we build play. And I, I what I think is actually quite encouraging is that we are often very um, creative and flexible in how we build play. Um, uh, and some of the new additions, especially William, I'm sure we'll talk about him, yes. have been really instrumental because, you know, that – we, we, we actually had, especially in the second half, a lot of joy along that left wing. A ton. Um, and there was a lot of between uh, William and Robinson and the movement around that. And that creates space for the Pereiras and the Paulinas of this world. Excellent. That That's actually a great point. It's funny, Craig, because I, I was meaning to ask the two of you when we're talking about starting 11. So why don't we go back there right now? And I'm going to ask you both this question. Is William going to be one of the first players named on the starting 11 each and every week has he earned that now that we need to see him each and every week barring fitness because he's now becoming a very integral part of what they do Craig your thoughts on William just in general what I've seen so far he's been phenomenal I cannot believe what is he 37 years old <laughs> he's 34 34 okay still he's been phenomenal and um uh and he's I mean, we'll get to man of the match, but I'll tell you right now, he would be my man of the match. Okay, we, we will get there. quite yeah. some margin. So, yes, uh, to me, he's uh, he, he's earned his place in the starting 11, especially against a backdrop where we don't actually have very many healthy wingers. No. Now, when Manor Solomon gets back and he's healthy, and we, you know, we'll have competition for the spot. And obviously, you know, our attachment to William probably has a half-life of, you know, only a few seconds because, uh, you know, until he plays badly. But so far he has played really well. <laughs> yeah. And um, he's earned his place in the starting level for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Giannis, you've already mentioned, you know, you weren't in favor of this when it happened, but it's really worked out great. So do you just see him as uh, part of the starting 11 until something happens here? Yeah, I mean, and, and I'll, I'll preamble that by saying I was scared we were going to get the William that we had at Arsenal. Not we the did William, not. We have not. Other than the William that they had at Chelsea. Yeah. The William at Chelsea was world class. I mean, there was no ifs, ands, or buts. He was a game changer. William at Arsenal was a disaster. And you ask, I've said it before, ask any Arsenal fan. He was superb yesterday. And and the combination between him and Robinson was actually starting, got me in giggles because it was so much fun to watch. It really was. It was, it was just Seamus Coleman was just, I mean, that round, he got absolutely destroyed. Oh, yeah. And it was and it was fun to watch. And we're going to play worse combos than them this season. And um, you know, William was William. Uh, just just the calmness, use of body strength, first touch is excellent. Vision is excellent. Always knew where Robbo was. Paulinho was in on his side. Always knew where he was. The runoffs from Pereira. You know, the link up play with Dimitri. It was it was super super to watch. And he's. He was outstanding. He's been brilliant so far for us. And uh, providing, as you said, he stays fit. Exactly. Then he he, he, ha he has to stay there, yes. Okay. I'm going to share a couple more comments. This is from Chris Goodwin. William was very good yesterday. 
Are you sure he's 34, not 25? The guy was everywhere on the field. This is very true. It's from Tony. William looks like a teenager. Very, very interesting. Let's see what else we got here. This is from Steve Reynolds. How important is the fact that neither Reem or William are not in World Cup, thus giving them a good rest, etc.? Guys, it's a yeah. great point. Craig, your thoughts about this? Because, again, I've talked to Steve, who I talk regularly with, and if we project forward, the fact that these two players and several others are not going to be part of the World Cup, I think benefits Fulham, especially these two with their age. Your thoughts, Craig? Yeah, look, I mean, uh, I think international football is a distraction um, for, for, for our players. Um, you know, the bigger teams c- can afford to have their players off on international duty because they have the depth that we don't have. So when Reem was dropped from the USMNT, yeah, I uh, I didn't shed any tears. I didn't really care. Um, I gotta be honest with you. Neither I have I. Benefit, I thought it would benefit Fulham. Yep, and that's um, the way I look at it. But so you know, I I think what Steve says is is a really is a really important point. Um, yeah. The only question, of course, is will they be a bit rusty after a month off? And uh, only time will tell. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Giannis, this is in your wheelhouse. Let's go back to my friend Colm Bugler. How good are USA center backs? They must be awesome if Team Tim Ream can't get a look in. You mentioned this in the last show, Giannis. And to be honest with you, I listen, I want to see the U.S. men's national team do well, but I'm kind of on the same wavelength with Craig. I care about Fulham, but this is just still a puzzling one, as you and I talked about. I understand where Burhalter his view on this is, but how about a player in form? Yeah, it's, it's an absolute crime. It, it really is. I mean, the, the England squad is going to be released soon and, and we may have, you know, scrubs like Maguire and, you know, Sterling is not playing well and we've got, we've got players that are really struggling in terms of club form and they're going to be taken on name. And you've got, you've got someone like Tim Ream who's just been outstanding. This year. Can't, you can't tell me there's a better centre-back, American centre-back than him right now. Cannot do it. Yes, I'm delighted that he gets to rest and da da da. And I was noticing yesterday Everton have got a Everton are doing a, a, a tour to Australia during the, the World Cup, uh, and I'm sure that England, that Fulham are going to have things like that to keep them fresh and right. games closed doors and what have you. But Ream has been absolutely brilliant. I think it's I'll tell you it's a disgrace. Ream should be playing in the World Cup. He is. This is probably the best year of his career, and he's and and somehow Bearhalter is clueless enough to think that, that Ream doesn't deserve to be in the squad is, is utter insanity. It, just, it really is. It just, it's, it, it, it does annoy me because well, um, he's, right. he's just because he's playing in the toughest league in the world and he's playing better than he ever has. Well, he's being a little bit of an ageist, as I would say. And what's interesting, yes. if we look at other sports, I think at some point experience counts and being informed counts. And listen, uh, I live watching Tom Brady and Tom Brady's playing 45, not playing great now, but he's played well into his forties. It can mm-hmm. happen. We're seeing it with William. We're seeing it with Tim Ream. Yep. We yep. actually saw Ashley young play still. So again, you can play in your latter years. And if you're playing effectively, why should age be an issue? Giannis? Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I, I what is, what games is bear to watching? You it's know, not watching he, a full match. No, I mean he's he's going to take a Pulisic who's really struggling. Uh, Aronson's playing well, but but yep. Ream defensively, like really, like you. I sorry, sorry. He's an idiot. He's an idiot. Ream has been <laughs> he's been brilliant. He's been yes. brilliant, and I I find it criminal that really that he's he's probably not going to go. I, I just it it makes no sense to me. Okay, excellent. All right, guys, let's get into the match and. Craig, I'm going to go to you first. Just an overall analysis of the first half. I'll mention some key moments in just a second, but just give me your thoughts of what you watched at Craven Cottage. Everton had a very good opportunity. I'll mention that in a second from Damari Gray, but Fulham actually followed that up with a flurry at the beginning of the first half and really tested Pickford, and Pickford was up for the challenge. But overall, what were your thoughts in the first half? I thought it was a fairly even first half. As I said before, I think that we struggled to contain them on the transitions and they came close twice at the outset. 
Um, but then later on, I think over time, we started to settle into our own game, and we actually came back with several good opportunities that uh, Pickford saved. I, I don't know how uh, Williams' shot was saved by Pickford. That was an incredible save with what looks like his fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then shortly after that, uh, Mitra had quite a quite a good header, which should be saved, but it was still a good save by, by Pickford. I thought overall it was a pretty even and pretty open first half. Um, and remarkably scoreless. Right. Giannis, your thoughts on the first half, and uh, we'll talk about the save. I'll start here, talking about Leno's save uh, on Damari Gray. And as Craig said, on the transition, they were very dangerous, extremely dangerous in the first half. So your thoughts on what Leno did here, and then uh, your thoughts overall in the first half. Leno's a safety blanket, and that's why he's in net instead of Rodak. He makes save, the right saves at the right time. Pickford was Pickford. Brilliant, brilliant saves. That he's, that's why he's England's number one. And, um, you know, he just... Um, he's Everton are very lucky to have a keeper like him because he's, uh, you know, he's not the tallest, but he's a brilliant shot stopper. He seems to get his angles right. He's made super saves yesterday, and he saved Everton again. And if you have a back five that functions like that, and you have a keeper that can do what Pickford did in the first half, then you're going to be in most games. And, um, you know, a fair play to them. They were great saves. And um, I thought it was a very entertaining first half, very open, uh, very even, um, and usually nil-nil halves aren't necessarily that entertaining, but this one was. It absolutely was, Giannis. And, Craig, back to you. When you look at the first half, you're – sitting there at halftime, how concerned were you or were you confident that we would have a response in the second half? We'll talk about the second half. Obviously, we know the scoreline, but were you nervous going to the second half or were you confident seeing how Fulham played in the first half? Look, what I was nervous about was that we hadn't taken the opportunities and the nil-nil scoreline means you're obviously vulnerable. I was, You're always nervous that you know one moment of – of uh, inattention can cost you the match. And it was quite clear that, you know, who was that, whoever was going to score was likely going to win if, if anyone was going to score. Um, I think I was, a, what has made me a little nervous is that we do seem vulnerable on these transitions. Yes. Um, especially when we were playing such a high line. In fact, I, I was surprised in the second half that Everton barely had a shot on goal. I think they had one shot on goal. They did have the quote-unquote goal off the offside. And that may have been a slight warning shot because if he had been onside, it would have been in on goal, uh, Calvert-Lewin. And we were a little bit sloppy there. Um, And there are a couple of, you know, important last-ditch tackles by Diop and by Paulinha even in the second half. Um, So I wouldn't say it was a completely assured defensive display. And that's probably... Well, we just have to be a little bit worried about going forward. Okay, very good. I'm going to share this, Giannis, before I get your thoughts on that. Chris Goodwin, who is a Liverpool supporter, says, if the first half was a boxing match, I would have scored at 10-8 Fulham. Do you agree with that, Giannis? Yeah, just about. We had a, we, we did have enough chances, but I was always a bit leery of, of them on the break. Gordon didn't play well yesterday, but I thought... No. I, I, I really like Onana. He's, very, he's, he's a subtle player. Um, he's, you know, he's, he's tidy. And when you've got players like, you know, Damari Gray that can make patterns happen, Calvert-Lewin's one of the best in the business in the air. Um, and, and let's not forget Alex Awobi, who everybody used to make fun of, but has, has, you know, become a bit of a, you know, polished, you know, polished uh, unit. He's, um, they're a good little side. And we just got, as, 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 uh, Craig said on the break, it just worried me a little bit that we, we, we get, we get done in, but it seemed as though Lampard went in at half time and said, Right, take a dose for 45. Let's let's get the point and go back northwest, which was odd because they had, you know, a decent chance to get the points and they just sat back in their shells. And I think that's what Everton fans were a bit annoyed about that they could have won, but really their decision making in the second half suggested they were going to just fight and get the point and, right. you know, move for another day. And, and that was a complete reversal of the way they approached it in the first half where they did actually come at us. So, um, 
Yeah, that was a bit Scott Parkerish, actually. It was a yeah, bit, I was going to ask yeah, you, Yannis, yeah. because we're, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about the second half. Why do you think there was a, a change from Everton in the second half? Was it forced from Fulham's play, or was it was it coming from Lampard basically setting him up for the draw? I think it's the latter. I, I really think – I mean, they got a really good result against Palace last week, 3 nothing. Super win. Palace are always tough. We know Goodison Park is a difficult place to play. But, um, you know, you go for it, you go for it, you win, you get three points, you get, you shoot up the table. But I think it's a measure of the respect he's got for our club. But he said, let's get the point and let's go home. And then, and, yeah. and I'll take I'll take that any day of the week. Um, that's um, They see it as a good point. We see it as a good point, but they do away from home. And that's that tells you how far we've come as a club. Okay. Guys, before we talk about the second half, I want to get your thoughts on this because, again, talking to my friend Steve, I thought the set pieces for Fulham were excellent. Once again, they have a wide variety. He disagreed. He thought they could have been better. Craig, what are your thoughts on the set pieces throughout this match? I thought they were good. I like the fact that we have this change. We could change it. We It never seems like it's the same one twice, obviously, but it seems such a wide variety. Your thoughts on the set pieces? Yeah, look, I mean, I think Pereira is, is, a, is a great set-piece deliverer. And when he was substituted, I think our set-piece our set delivery went down. Right. Um, uh, but it says a lot for him. And, and certainly we had a couple of chances, including the, the Mitro one in the first half. Um, so, you know, I, I think it is one of the benefits of having Pereira on the side, frankly speaking. Yeah. Um, and considering that a quarter or a third of goals are scored off of set-pieces – it's pretty valuable. Absolutely. Giannis, your thoughts. And it's funny because when we talk about Pereira, there are a lot of good things. You know, I think he's been very good. I think it's been a surprise to some how well he's played. But is it strange to say or is it right to say that his best attribute right now for Fulmer set pieces, set piece delivery? No, I think it's absolutely right. And I think that's the responsibility that Mark has given him. I thought he looked a little bit off color yesterday, actually. Okay. Um, wasn't his normal exuberant self. He looked a little down himself with a couple of passes that went astray. Didn't have as much of an impact in the game as he normally would. But I think he's, I think he's a confidence player and he's still 24. Um, but he's, um, you know, when you've got players like he and William, William can take a mean free kick. Um, you've got players that can, um, you know, they're not quite, you know, the Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> caliber but they can they can cause problems and i thought there was good variations in in in, in the set pieces and um we gave them different looks um against again i'm going to say a pretty good solid defensive everton unit right so we created problems and i thought our movement of the ball was on the whole very good yesterday and that i think is going to be a key moving forward because uh where teams tend to struggle is if you if you have bodies that are static off um off the ball when um, you're taking set pieces, especially free kicks from wide. And um, that's something that Mitro is a master at, movement right. off the ball. It's all movement, right? It is all movement. It really is. It's so important what you do off the ball. And um, Pereira is a, 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 um, but he's a, he's a big part of our set pieces for sure. All right. Totally agree. All right. Craig, back over to you. Let's talk about the second half. I just want to get overall analysis before we go through some of the key moments, some of this second half. So I want to get your view. You're watching this and I'm watching it on TV and I'm seeing a lot of good opportunities, potential opportunities, but many of them were just blocked and you're probably seeing it right in front of you. We could say that they didn't have the cutting edge. I go back to say, well, it takes two to tango and Everton were throwing themselves everywhere, especially the center backs and Mikolenko. But um, what are your thoughts about what you watched in the second half? Look, I saw a lot of really fluid play by Fulham. Um, great movement, especially along the left side, I think, in particular. Um, we had, you know, some, I would say, half chances, quarter chances. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, how many shots on goal that really challenged Pickford? In the first half, there was that flurry in the beginning. Yes. In the second half, there was arguably that shot from William, when he cut inside, although you would expect Pickford to make that save. Right. Um, not too many other other chances like that. So that's why I said now you could attribute that to 
the Everton defenders and midfielders putting their body on the line um, or maybe a slight lack of cutting edge. But whatever the case is, we couldn't break them down. No, we definitely couldn't, Greg. And it's funny, I'm going to go right back to you. And uh, there was an opportunity for Mitro early in the second half. What did you see here? What did I see? Which which opportunity wasn't early in the second half? I'm just trying to remember. A pretty good shot, and it just went over. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He got he leaned back. That's right yes. because uh, he was almost like screened off. Yeah, he should have done better. I mean, <laughs> look, at, he looked like he leaned back on it and just, right. just flew over the top. But yeah, I don't think he's a hundred percent Mitro. Okay, uh, I still think he's uh, carrying a little bit of a knock. So you think that might be affecting his shooting ability? Just the sharpness. Sharpness, okay. Giannis, I want to go to you. Your thoughts on the second half, your analysis. It was a bit of checkmate, wasn't it, really? I mean, we attacked. We attacked. They defended. They defended. They put their bodies in the line. I'll say it again. Cody and Tarkovsky were excellent. Um, and we, it just, we, just couldn't, we just couldn't break them down. No. But having said that, as a spectacle, you just got to say, well, you know, I, I said I was watching the game with my wife on a half time. I said this is going to be a nil-nil. Just had this, just a feeling that it wasn't going to go anywhere. And it's one of those games where you come away and you get the point, but say, "Well, oh, man, that was a good game. Really enjoyed right. it. It wasn't really this boring nil-nil. No, it was no, no. actually for nil-nils. It was pretty exciting, pretty action-packed. Yeah, it was. It was very entertaining to watch. And I thought both uh, both teams did play their part. And we've been in positions like that where we've gone away from home and we've tried to keep it tight and. We want to get a draw and you know crawl our way up the table, so we can't complain about it. And we've tried to, we, you know, we've asked a lot of questions. We've attacked with intent, but it wasn't going to be our day. And they defended very well. We missed yeah, chances. Did. I thought, I thought, um, you know, Mitro missed a number of chances, but I thought his hold up play was. I mean, he lost the ball a couple of times, but his hold up play was very good. I, I agree with um, uh, my man meant the Cobra there. I absolutely, I think that he is still carrying a knot. But it, it says something like, again, he lasts 94, 96, 98 minutes. And, um, you know, overall, we can't be displeased with, uh, you know, last four games, we've come from two, twice from behind against Bournemouth. We've, we've stuffed the Villa. We've yeah. beaten Leeds deservedly. And we've got a point here. So you've got eight points in four games. And That's then, great. And I think the best game, actually, funnily enough, the best game to possibly play before the World Cup is Man United at home. I think it's going to be absolutely rocking. Oh, I think it's going to be fantastic. I fantastic to game. Fantastic oh. game. I think you're in for a really good match there, Greg, at, at Greg Cottage against Manchester United. I'm going to be missing it because I'm not going to be oh. here for it, but I've sold my ticket online. So I've oh, gotten good. 34 pounds for my ticket. Oh, should have got 340. It's going to be a doozy. It'll be, oh, yeah. Because you, know, you realize there are going to be so many players on that on their side that are going to be the, the last game before the World Cup, the reluctance in terms of potentially... There could be up. an opportunity there for Fulham, yeah, for sure. if, you, if you look at it that way. Yeah, with, for injuries, you know it's the worst-case scenario. I just I was just reading somewhere that Saka got injured against Notts Forest this morning. I mean, this is the worst time to possibly get injured. Right. You know they've got a number of internationals. You know they're going to be a little bit nervous. And you know they're not going to want to get hurt... How does that? I mean, Ten Hag's not going to give a bollocks, but the players do. And how's that going to reflect in terms of the you know World Cup? So, I'm really excited about that game. I, I've got forget the City game, the United game. I'm going to be an absolute burner. <laughs> okay, <laughs> should be a lot excellent. of fun. Great, great show, guys. It's been fantastic so far. But coming up next, we're going to talk about man of the match, and we're going to end talking about Fulham's future for the rest of the season. Should they really take an approach more of looking towards Europe? Yes, I'm actually saying that. Should we be looking at a different approach? Should Fulham Football Club, meaning ownership, players, Marco, be thinking, you know what, we're on 19 points. Maybe we should be pushing for Europe. I'll be asking that at the end of the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, guys, let's not waste any time. Mr. Janaeus, I'll give you first crack at this. I know where Craig's going to go on it because you already told us. Who's your man of the match? Well, any other day it would be Floyd Aita. Um, Do we have to do this every show? (laughs) You know what? Actually, on any other day it would be William because William was was superb. But I'm going to go against Craig on this one. I've got to give it to Tony Robinson. I thought he was absolutely world-class yesterday. It was just, he was up and down that. Boy, have I been wrong about him, Giannis? I'll be the first oh, to say. In fact, there was a, I, I kept watching thinking, Jesus Christ, is this the reincarnation of Gareth Bale? He was causing them all to, and, and the, the beauty of what he did is he gave the space and the time for William. It was a dynamic, it was like Batman and Robin, those two. It was brilliant to watch. And William was outrageous, but. Robinson just oh hold they had no clue what they were to do with him and if he carries on playing like that um teams are gonna have an awful time trying to pick him up because it's just I've always argued about is his it me or has his crosses gotten a little better too they have right? got his little they have I mean the defensive piece you can you can go eh but his athleticism has never been questioned and his speed hasn't been questioned and yesterday was a masterclass in a left left back torching torching aside and with William it was just it was glory hallelujah so for me it's Robinson but it's very close over William okay over to you Craig I do want to focus a little bit on Anthony Robinson because last season I was not impressed with what I saw and to the point where I wanted Fulham to upgrade at the position I've completely changed my tune on that because he's proved me wrong so what are you watching when you're there? You've had a good view of this, and over the course of the season, Anthony Robinson has taken his game to the next level. Look, he's off to a great start, and I think that um, you know when he has the partnership of a good winger, you can really see a lot of his qualities. Um, and I, I do think that he links up extremely well with with William, you know, with his quickness, his speed. You give him a little bit of space, his crossing is is much improved. And so Do you think Williams helping him? I think I think having a good winger up to support him makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. So when we talk about man in the match, I, I believe you said it, it was William, right? Is that correct, Craig? William is definitely my man of the match. Okay. And I totally agree with that. Like I said at the beginning of the show, how could you leave him out at this point? And that's actually, like I said, that's a phone could have a good problem, Craig. As you mentioned this earlier in the show, when Manor Solomon comes back, and I have a feeling he's he's going to be back after the uh, World Cup. Hopefully, he'll be back ready to go. I've seen a couple of videos. He's definitely working on coming back. You add him to the mix, and you have all these other wingers. I think it's a good problem to have, Craig. Yeah, look, I think you you look. You always need to have a depth in the squad. Um, injuries happen, fatigue happens. Um, um, you need to make sure you have competition for the slots and the spots. Um, and so I I I think it will be good to get Manor Solomon back. I think yep. it would be good that Harry Wilson gets to 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 full fitness. We, having four wingers is very important. The wingers are critical to the system that Marco Silva has, which is a 4-3-3 with people putting crosses in for Mitrovic to, to latch onto. Okay, very good. I'm going to share some comments on Man of the Match. This is from my friend Chris, Man of the Match. Young William, I love that. Colm Bugle goes Anthony Robinson. Now, here's an interesting one we haven't even really touched on, Giannis. Leno, clean sheet. Giannis, your thoughts on Leno? Yeah, I, you know what? I gave him a few votes, and I thought Diop played well as well. Yeah. I really do. And it's interesting, this little dynamic of on-off, on-off between he and Tosin. Some um, fans argue there should be solidity. I think the rotation, you know, it, it's it's good in terms of competition. 
Uh, Duffy's not had it started yet. Hey, maybe Duffy starts next week, and he rests players for the for the for the United game as well. Look, I mean, I watched the Leicester City Leicester against City game yesterday. Yep, and they City are a wonderful side. Let's not get it, but but without Holland, the the different kettle of fish, and we don't know his status over his ankle. He may well not play the next Saturday, so that well, could we'll, change the dynamic. Because we'll see, Yana. So you know, it's funny. I've been saying this. I was saying this to a friend that. I thought Fulham gave Manchester City a great go. You know, they really went at Manchester City. I, th- I thought they did not embarrass themselves when they nope. played in the FA Cup. And I thought maybe that was a little bit of foreshadowing to what we're going to see now. I don't know. I mean, I think it's. I think they are just a tremendous club. I know they're different without Holland. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I I can't go there yet, Yanis. I understand, but I, I just I can't go there yet. Manchester United, I can go there. Manchester City, I'm not sure about. Okay, let me just share a couple more comments from Colm Bugler. Help Reem with uh, keeping uh, DCL quiet. Yes, let's see. Let's see. Oh, now here's one uh, from Chris. I think it's high time that Russ invests in Anthony Robinson foam shirt. Maybe, maybe. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time for me to give in. Yes. This is from Steve Reynolds. Jedi and William were great, but don't forget Reem who kept slotting in when they pushed forward. This is true. Thank you for sharing that, Steve. Okay. All right, guys. To finish up the show, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, I want to just talk about this in general terms. So everyone wants safety. It's the first thing we all think about staying in the Premier League. Fulham are sitting at 19 points. And I was thinking to myself, talking to a friend, who was suggesting, should we consider pushing for Europe? I said... Giannis, once we got to 20, if we were at 25 points before halfway, I think you should go all in on the January transfer window and potentially push for Europe. I think that's where my head would be at. So is it crazy to have a conversation? I know where Fulham are now and the teams around them. Should we, should we even be talking about Europe, Giannis? No. Okay. I don't, no, <laughs> absolutely not. No, I'll tell you. No, I will explain that. I think. Okay. It's, I, th- I think you look at because we, you know, we, with us and the Canaries, we're the yo-yo clubs. Right. I think. I think so you're you, looking you, at okay. survival, consolidation, next steps. So I think the first port of call this year is let's get the forty points. Okay. Let's, let's survive with the core. You got the got. plan. I've got the plan. I don't okay. want to jump, jump. I don't want to run before we can walk. And I hate okay. to use. I hate to use this club as an example. That's sort of what Newcastle are doing. You know, it was survival, and now they've consolidated, yes. and they're moving slowly. And I think we need to, you know... Wow, that's actually a good example, Giannis, to look at Newcastle, even though I don't like Newcastle. No, I nor, nor do I, because they've spent, spent $84 <laughs> trillion dollars, uh, pounds, and they've still only won five league games. But I think if you keep the court together, and you've got players like Salomon, and I know that the, the, the news stories are talking about that the fact that Marco Silva is looking in, at Brazil right now. He's, look, he's looking at players there. Um, maybe he's been given more say in the transfer window um, than uh, Tony Khan could admit. Although, uh, what, how Kevin Mbabu came into this equation, we'll, we'll never know. But no. if he's looking now, uh, he's planning ahead. Let's get to the end of the season. Let's look to next year. Let's look to, to build. Because you don't, you don't go from bottom to top in one season or no. bottom to six. It's not the way it works. And I think we just have to not get too ahead of ourselves and let's let's get to survival let's celebrate that if and when we do that and then we take it from there it's interesting Giannis has approached that way Craig and maybe I'm getting too ahead of myself because I want it and I think the cons wanted to I think the cons really want to compete in the Premier League but you have to crawl before you can walk walk before you run I think I'm jumping a couple steps your thoughts on me thinking about potentially Europe? I think we're, we're going to struggle to qualify for Europe this season. There are just too many other teams that are better resourced than we are. And at the end of the day, over the course of a full season, uh, the resource advantages of those other clubs will probably be decisive in the final uh, table standings. Um, it would be great if we could have another Europa League run. Um, you know, we've been in Europe three times. Yeah, uh, and uh, we won the 
uh, what you would call it? The Intertoto. Intertoto. Uh, there's a song we sing, you know, we won it one time, we won it one time, the Intertoto, we won it one time. <laughs> we had the finals, obviously, we got to the finals of the Europa League. And then, yep. and then the two seasons later, we crashed out against that Danish powerhouse, Odense. Odense, that's right. I remember. Thanks to Orlando Saz, just inexplicable um, uh, failure to kill the game. Um, look, I think the priority right now is to get to the 40 points, and yep. then we can move on to the, whatever the next step is. Okay, and I understand where everyone's going on that. Probably, like I said, I'm, I'm jumping too far ahead, and I'm thinking about the past. But as Giannis brought up, it's a very good point. Even for Fulham, when they survived, when I st- first started becoming a supporter, then they, I believe, ended eighth. And then short, shortly after that, we have what happened in Europe. So it, it can happen. And uh, maybe I just need to be a little bit patient and just let it happen and let them build something. So I certainly understand that. Okay, great show, guys. Craig, before we go, Please, I want to mention this, and I hope you don't mind me mentioning this. Craig wrote an excellent article in the Financial Times. So, Craig, could you just tell everyone a little bit about what you're writing about, what you actually wrote about, and uh, how that they can find that article? Sure, it's on the uh, it's on the uh, Financial Times Alphaville page, so it is in front of the paywall. You just need to register. And I wrote an article with a friend who is a director at Millwall Football Club about why American investors are still keen on buying into English football. And so, and um, you know, in the uh, in the article, they give a sort of a potted biography of me and the other guy who wrote the article. And it does mention that I'm a co-host on Cottage Talk, and it even has a hyperlink to Cottage Talk. I love that, by the way. So, uh, Russ. You made it in the big leagues. <laughs> in the Financial Times. Thank you, Craig. Thank you for making that happen. That is wonderful. But congratulations on a great article. It really was. I, I saw it and uh, I read it. It was fantastic. I highly recommend everyone uh, reading Craig's article. It's very interesting. Okay. Giannis, before we go, I have to share this comment from Steve Reynolds. We, you and I might have to do this. If we get 40 points, will Russ get a Jedi shirt and Giannis uh, an Aiete shirt? Um, there's as much chance of me getting an Aite shirt as there is of me running naked down Young Street in Toronto. Okay, but okay. I would, okay. but I would get, but I have actually have considered. I have, I've, um, I've never actually got um, a Fulham jersey with a player's name on it. But I think even even I, my man Ivor, but I think I may have to get one for Mitro just because. Oh um, wow! Okay. Yeah, because yeah, he he just he's just funny. He's he's just he's he's Fulham. It's it's great. But Aite, are you kidding me? I'm more I'm more likely to get Chalaba. I mean that I know my football, oh, Okay, okay. Yeah. That's funny. All right. Before we wrap it up, I just want to mention this because this weekend it was really a huge moment for me. Ten years ago, I went to uh London to have an incredible weekend. And part of it was to see Fulham, part of it was to meet members of uh, Fulham staff that I met at Craven Cottage. I got to meet Sarah Brooks, Michael Benedetto, and uh, also Dan Crawford was there as well. He actually joined me to this uh, wonderful lunch I had at Craven Cottage, got a tour at Craven Cottage. The next day, I went to the crazy 3-3 draw at the Modeski, and uh, I actually posted a video of that. It really was a crazy match, but that was my first in-person live match at Reading for a full match and it's something I'll never forget. And um, I can't believe it's been 10 years, but yes, it's been 10 years. I was back for the uh, playoff final at Wembley. Those are the two times I've been over, but 10 years ago, I came over for that Reading match and um, got to see Craven Cottage for the very first time and spent some time there the day before. So it was just wonderful. I just wanted to share that. Okay. Before we go, a couple of things. Please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. It helps Fulham supporters find us. And as I keep mentioning, and like I said, TalkSport's going to be doing a huge push on this. Cottage Talk is now part of the TalkSport fan network. Okay. Well, this is time to wrap up this show. For Craig Coben and Yashines, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you as always for watching and listening. Cottage Talk, part of the TalkSport fan network.
It's the 90th minute. And all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping. And you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants. 18 plus. Serving times. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.